Listener Production. Okay, are you recording? Howdy, good people. You are listening to episode 201 of the Howie Games Part 8, featuring a man that has done it all in the game of cricket. Player, coach, broadcaster, the one, the only, Mr. Ravi Shastri. 198 for Shastri. There's a chance. He cuts it past Marsh, but go all the way. Is it well? He's going to get two here. A tremendous effort by Ravi Shastri. 200, the first time by an Indian in Test cricket in Australia. You know, when you look up to someone from afar, you think he's pretty cool, bit of a star, you admire what they do. Then you get to meet them. And prior to doing so, you think, oh, jeez, I pumped them up in my mind. Can they actually live up to my expectations? For me, with Ravi Shastri, he did more than that. Big Rav was above and beyond what I pictured. I've always loved listening to him in commentary. If you hear his voice walking past the telly, it just draws you in. He's a massive character, my type of broadcaster. He's loud, he's energetic, he's entertaining, he's engaging, and he has got sizzle. 12 out of 10 sizzle, probably the most sizzle in world cricket, to be honest. I was first introduced to him at the MCG, I want to say, by Shane Warne in an ad break on a show I was working on with Warney and Kerry O'Keefe called Come In Spinner on Fox Cricket. Ralph was coach of India at the time, so it was a quick handshake, chat to him on air, goodbye, thanks very much. Then, at this year's World Cup, I arrived at my first game. I was a little bit nervous, had a little bit of self-doubt. I'm on the ground just sort of wandering around thinking, woof, this is a big deal, and I hear this big booming voice shout out, Howie! And up comes Big Ra with a hug and a welcome. Great to have you here. I instantly relaxed. I'll never forget that. I'd wake up on games I was doing with him, check the roster. Am I calling with Ravi? I wasn't, I wasn't. So I never actually got to call a stint with him, even though we were at games together then. This is taking a while, but stick with me. Then at the first test against Pakistan in Perth, with Ravi working for Fox Cricket, I did get to call with him. And he is as amazing as I thought he would be. He just gets cricket and entertainment like no one else. Like no one else. So you search and try to find But you don't know where to go So many thoughts flood through your mind You're confused and want to know Mystery, what is to be? So much more than meets the eye Listen to me, time is your key You will find out by and by So that week in Perth I got to know Rav a little bit better We'd all jam into the back of a car on the way to the ground. It was the ultimate sportsman's night. Big Rav, though, was always in business class up the front of the vehicle. Plenty of room, leg room next to the driver. Middle row, how's this for a lineup? Ian Smith, Wazim Akram, and Mark War. So they're your premium economy midsection. And then, unlucky to be in the back. Unlucky Michael Vaughan, 2005 Ashes winning skipper. And me jammed right in the corner. Legs around our ears, like low scale economy. And Big Rav would turn around. Full belly laughing. Have you got enough room back there, boys? He's just an engaging personality. We had morning walks every morning. We'd walk along the Swan River, um, talk to Ravi about Formula One. He's a big Formula One fan. And then seeing him hold court over a beer. (laughs) You can tell the story as you're about to hear. One of the great privileges. Rav, he's a big deer wherever he goes around the world. But Ravi treats people like they are a big deal. That's the type of man he is. So many lost and left behind And no one seemed to care Those who should seems like they're blind Pretending they're not there Can't they see they hold the key Could make things better if they try Oh my Jaja, tell me why Won't they open up their eyes 
This episode comes to you courtesy of Fox Cricket, where you will hear Big Rav again soon when India tour Australia for five tests. Ravi, no ad breaks in play, 4K. <laughs> There's your answer right there. Also, it comes to you courtesy of the GM of Fox Cricket, the guru that is Matty Weiss, the dog, terrible cricketer, but a great GM. So thanks to Matty for making this happen. Rightio, enough from me. Enjoy the story of Ravi Shastri, one of the great entertainers. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be Revealed in King Selassie I Come on children, try it with me We want to reach Mount Zion Well, this is exciting. Courtesy of Fox Cricket, a man that has done it all in cricket. He's been a player, he's been a coach, he's a broadcaster, and I've got his time in Perth. I've grabbed him out of his hotel. He might have had an afternoon nap, actually. Ravi Shastri, welcome to the Howie Games. Pleasure. It'll be... It'll be, it'll be fun. Mate, I'm pumped to see you. We are in a hotel, the Fraser Suites here in Perth, and you were just looking out over at the Wacker. Yeah. And I said, surely you played there, Rav. And you started telling me a story. I said, don't tell me a story now, mm. <laughs> but I know it's got five wickets in it. I know it's got your name to it. So it's great to see you, mate. Um, tell me about here and playing at the Wacker. Oh, it was, uh, it was first of all, great to be uh, on the podcast, but Wacker in our days in the 80s was... Uh, Something uh, that every player looked forward to playing, you know, yep. especially as a batsman, because it was a land of pace, bounce, you know, the lilies, the marshes, they all came from here. And uh, I remember the, it was in the mid 80s, we came here twice or thrice, uh, one for a test match, then we came back again for uh, a couple of one day games against the West Indies, against Australia. And we started the tour here. Yeah. You know, the, uh, 91 tour. Right. So you've come straight off the low, slow Indian wickets. Yeah, we came. We we went to Brisbane. We got stuffed in three and a half days. <laughs> stuffed. Yeah. Uh, we we come out here and before you bat an eyelid, you two zip down. But we started here. You know, when, when we came here, we uh, after the second test, we had a one-day game, the one-day series. You know, those days used to have oh, a break yeah, after yeah, two yeah. tests. Yeah. So you had the uh, triangular that triangular, started. Triangular, Benson Hedges Cup, Benson Hedges, yeah. Richie that, and Tony yeah, uh, and Bill. Uh, yep. That the was, Golden Goblet for yes. the man of the match. So that started. And I remember I played here on the Friday and Sunday. But before that, we had a practice match here against Western Australia. Yeah. And uh, I was captaining the side. And uh, day night game, decent crowd, India playing, you know, match starting at 2.30. And we get rolled over for 64. Okay, <laughs> 64 all out. And, you know, the tall Bruce Reed and, you know, oh, yeah. Terry Alderman was playing at that time still. I don't know if it was 80s or 90s. But anyway, 64 all out. And uh, before we could even think about it, you know, Western Australia had got the runs. But what happened there was just with 10 to get, I get a message from the 12th man saying, uh, Rob, they're just asking if you want to play another game off 30 overs uh, or something of that sort. So I just looked at him, I said, get <laughs> And I told him, I said, get back. Instead, keep those lights on. We'll go into the nets. Right. Yeah. And 
have a bloody good session for a couple of hours or so, or till the light exists, because they're, they're not going to put on the lights because you've refused the game. You know? So the crowd wants to see in some nets, let them come and see some nets. Off we go, 64 for two, game over, before the lights come on, pack our bags, come back for the start of the triangular. First game against the West Indies ended in a tie. On a real greeny, Marshall, Ambrose, this 121 played 121. Two days later, Sunday, we play Australia. Big crowd. Big crowd, you know. Second game, first game, tie. India all out for 200 and something. And then Australia come out to bat. And Australia bowled out for 99. So I'd taken five wickets. You got five? I got five. He'll run to it. Taken the catch, five wickets to Ravi Shastri, only the sixth time in the history of limited overs internationals that an Indian bowler has taken five wickets. I went straight into the, in, into the ground, turned yep. right at that time, went straight into the CEO's office, I yep. knew where it was. I think it was Tony Wan sitting there yes. at that time. And I said, Tony, how about some lights on? Let's play a 20 over game. <laughs> and it's it only after that I went into the dressing room. So the guy said, where the hell did you go? I said, I just wanted to check on certain facts if did it's you? possible. Did you? Now, I've asked this question to a lot of people. Some recall, as a kid, I would get lower and lower on the floor so mum and dad couldn't see me as the one day was coming to its conclusion. So it would be like 10 o'clock. You didn't want to get mm. sent to bed. And I would wait up to see Tony Gregg hand over the golden goblets to yep. the player of the match. Mm. When you got Pfeiffer, can you remember, did you get the, the golden goblets on a tray? Did you get them right? Yeah, I got it a few match? times did in you? Australia, but they were special. Right. You know, I got it in the World, in the world Championship of Cricket three or four times. Then, of course, in Sydney, I got it, you know, in a test match, yes. uh, you know, a couple of times. I, I, I had about eight or ten of them. Have you still got any? I've got some of them Have still you? there. Yeah, yeah. Next and, time in India, goblets. I need to see one of these, yeah. Rav. Yeah. Mate, talking about India. But equally important was the bottle that came with it. <laughs> champagne. <laughs> you got champagne with it, did you? Uh, yeah. But, you, know, uh, you made sure that didn't disappear anywhere. <laughs> you know. So, uh, <laughs> before we get into this and your journey... I had the privilege of being in the commentary box beside you at the World Cup final. And to be honest, Rav, I got home that night in Ahmedabad and I sat on my hotel bed and I thought, without being a dick, mm. I've been privileged to work at the Olympics, Commonwealth Games, Formula One Grand Prix, Ashes Test Matches, AFL Grand Finals. Nothing I have ever seen has compared to that for me as a sporting event, regardless of the result. Mm. The crowd, the intensity, the passion, a hundred odd thousand there. Mm. Everything you've seen in cricket and broadcast, where, where did, again, result aside, where, where did that sit for you for a sporting experience? I think the biggest crowd I played or commentated in front of. Really? And uh, just the atmosphere, the fact that the Prime Minister was coming, Deputy Prime Minister of Australia was coming. The security had been stepped up. You know, there were cops all over the place. You know, just we could feel the tense atmosphere as you got into the ground where, yes. you know, a lot of the roads were shut, you know, so that, the, you know, everything was in place. Was there was an air show before that. And 120,000 people in. Uh, it's unreal. It Absolutely is. unreal. What a final we have in store. The home nation. The perfect 10 from 10, unbeaten. 
trying to win their third World Cup against serial World Cup winners. Australia trying to win their sixth World Cup. You know, that, that, that's why I say you, you've got to give it to the big sides when they rise to the occasion. Yeah. You know, and uh, for Australia to come out, you know, they came out like a pack of hyenas. Yeah, they do. You know, when they went after that cricket ball in the field, you know, they were pouncing on it as if it was, uh, you know, the last time it'll go past them, yeah. and which was fabulous to see. And, uh, and I'm sure the crowd, as much as they would have been disappointed, they knew it was the better team that beat India on that day, fair and square. And Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time and in front of 120,000 people. They've upstaged the home team in magnificent fashion and the party begins. I met, I met three Aussie guys. I, I couldn't get out of I met about till Wednesday night. I met these three Aussie guys, Raf, and it stayed with me. They were having lunch in they must have been reasonably well connected because they are having lunch in brisbane on friday afternoon of the final and one they have an annual lunch one of them mm. said why don't we go to india for the world cup final they, they knew a lot of people <laughs> they knew people at the icc they knew people at the consulate generals in brisbane they got to the game they arrived an hour before they were showing me photos because on their flight up to Ahmedabad from mumbai Sachin was on the flight and they would get like they were beside themselves but they said they left the ground and didn't know what to expect. And they said literally thousands of people came up and said, we wanted India to win, but congratulations to you and Australia. They played so well, you deserved it. And that's what I took away. Like you see football crowds around the world or, or big sporting crowds where there's an edge to it. There was none of that, Rav. It was just, to me, it seemed joyous and positive. It's positive and that's the respect the two sides have won. Yeah. You know, if you look at India-Australia cricket, I mean, the uh, competition they've had over the last decade, decade and a half, in fact, longer. But then suddenly in the last 10 years or so, it's been, uh, you know, they go at each other, you know, it's like tooth and nail, yeah, you know, against each other. And there have been close contests. And, uh, you know, it was a worthy final in a sense, uh, you know, at 43 for three, uh, you know, it, odds were firmly stacked in favour of India. Especially when you think that uh, there's 120,000 people watching, even though they're not defending a big score, odds were in favour of them. And from there to spin it around, yeah. you know, Travis Head going like a headless chicken. Yeah, he really was, yeah, wasn't and he? giving India the biggest headache they've ever had in 2023. <laughs> First with the World Test Championship yeah. and then with the World Cup final. A hundred for Travis Head on the biggest of stages. Pressure on. Head goes long. You know, I think when they, any one of those guys get up in the morning, every morning for the next couple of months, three months, there'll be only, you know, head will come somewhere. In their <laughs> Maybe dreams. in their nightmares. Yeah, it will be there in their head <laughs> as they go to sleep. So, Rav, I'd love to follow your cricket journey, but I don't know much about you. Tell me a little bit about your family's history and, and where you were born and where you grew up, mate. I was born in Mumbai. Yep. You know, I was born to two professionals. My father was a doctor and my mother was a a professor right. in university. She taught history and political science. What happened and to you, Rav? Doctor and political science. My sister is a doctor, so right. you know, I don't know what happened to me. But there was a headline in the Australian. Father a doctor, mother a professor, sister a doctor, son 
good at ball. <laughs> I think it's one of the headlines good. in 1985. Right. You know, uh, in the Australian. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and they were very keen on cricket. My father had a lot of connects with Australia because a lot of his patients in the 60s, you know, migrated from India and came to Perth. A lot ah. of them came to Perth, Sydney, Brisbane. Of course. You know, and, uh, and settled in Australia. And my mother followed cricket from right from the age of 13 or 14, listening to commentary on the radio, Bradman's time, huh. you know, right from that time. Her wow. favorite was uh, Neil Harvey. Wow. You know, she knew all the cricket, she watched everything. And she was an encyclopedia. And because of her habit, in fact, is the reason why I got interested. Was it into through radio, it Through my mom, listening to, you know, radio commentary, ABC, BBC. Huh. I knew all the meter bands, you know, 13.77 in the 13 meter band would be, it would be ABC. And early morning you'd hear Lindsay has it, Alan McGillery. So you're listening in Mumbai? Yeah, yeah, 9.74 in the 31 meter band. You'll hear uh, John Arlett, Brian Johnson, you know, that entire lot. And, and there were certain voices that when you're trying to tune the transistor and there'd be news all over the place and suddenly, you know, you'll hear a McGilvery or a, you know, a John Arlett, you know, and, and they, they were so clear, they were, they were so different. You knew that's the station and you hung around there till you got it. Isn't that wonderful? Till the waves cleared up and you got commentary. So right from a young age, and my father always told me, if you're worth your salt, you know, as a, as a cricketer, that's one place you've got to go. Wow. And crack it. So what's your first memory of playing cricket? Like, again, my, I, I can't, mm. I, I, like... I fell in love with India mm. during the mm. IPL, but during the World Cup. And to go to the Maidan in Mumbai near the hotel and just see those hundreds of games mm. of cricket. Mm. Like, as a cricket fan, Rav, that's, that's as good. I was sending photos to my son saying, Mate, it, it, look it at is. this. It is, and that's how we all started. You know, I started late. I started at about 12 or 13. Did you? Yeah. I mean, playing from my school with a, with a season ball. But, you know, we used to play tennis ball cricket in, in, in where we grew up, in the colonies where we grew up. And whatever little space we could get, you know, we would try and play cricket and make use of the gaps. So, you know, if I was batting here, just 20 yards away, there would be another flat. Yeah. So there's no way I could bang it in straight <laughs> because I would break the glasses there. And, and it's gully cricket, maidan cricket, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's in, in the backyard. But it's like this, so the only gap. And you were not allowed to hit on the onside because there were cars parked. Through <laughs> so it's tennis ball. So the only gap was offside. So, you know, the shot over extra cover, you know, became natural to me from a very young age, hitting it with a tennis ball. Gotcha. So, you know, when people said Shane Vaughan was bullying or hitting him inside out. Yeah. But it came naturally to me because that's all you did in school. Now, someone like Surya Kumar Yadav mm. must have played in a place where he had, <laughs> he had bloody fine leg. There was, a, there was nothing there. All he did was sit and hit it up there. Scrape it, rip it. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's just being street smart, making the most of, you know, whatever you have. And then, of course, playing Maidan cricket because that was, that used to be chaotic on yeah. a Sunday. Could have about 20 matches going yeah. on at the same time. So if I'm at point in my game, I have to, moment the ball is over, I have to look back because I'm at square leg for the other. You might get one in the back yeah, of the head. Yeah, the very sweep, you might cop it on the, you know, head. <laughs> so it's, and then you would, I mean, to, just to reach the ground, you take the buses, the trains and commute, you know, and, you know, it's, a city like Mumbai, you know, it's like thriving. It's, it's yes. like throbbing all the time. It's buzzing, you know, there are people everywhere all the time and it doesn't sleep. But, you know, those were 
terrific days. And so with, with your parents being so well-educated and, mm. and I, I did notice in India that education is probably prized above everything else. Like there's a high respect for those that go on and get tertiary education. How did your mum and dad feel about you going down a cricket path? No, they, Were they saying they, that's okay or get yourself educated, Raj? They or? get yourself educated. There's no question. But, uh, you know, my father saw my interest and uh, I, I did particularly well in school. You know, in the, I started in the last two years of school. In the second year of school, I was the captain and we won the inter-school tournament. Yep. And then I went into a commerce faculty just because of the college. Because dad pushing me for medicine. I said, no, 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 I can't do medicine and play cricket. I can take commerce as a specific. Gotcha. And then play the game as well. So I went to a college which was very, very good in encouraging people to play cricket. And by the second year of college, I was playing for Mumbai. That was 17, 18, I was playing for India. And I finished huh. my series in New Zealand. And I came back and I gave my, I graduated. Did you? Bachelor of Commerce, one week later. And my parents would have none of it. You have to go to school. Right. And, and you know, you're a test cricketer. You're going into a classroom to give an exam. Yeah. After you played for India. Wow. You can imagine how here. Well, kids listen. So talk, yeah. talk uh, about but you know, the, the, you know, a couple of people, they were pretty helpful. They moved on the right. <laughs> so I could just see enough <laughs> so you could just peer over to finish a couple up. of things. <laughs> yeah, I was a little taller. I could, uh, you know, they were very kind. Back to Ravi Shawley. Next up on the show, we are joined by tennis star Alex Demonor. If you get the chance, keep an ear out for this episode because this is a fully engaged wonderful, hardworking, respectful, loyal young man. He takes us behind the scenes on what life on the pro tennis tour can actually be like. This sounds like the backpacking of world tennis to me. That's exactly it. That's that's what it is, ultimately. I mean, uh, we're talking about you, say you win a futures, you're probably getting about 2,000 euro, 3,000, mate. It's... It's peanuts when when you when you talk about all the expenses that you've got to endure and and look after. So, a lot of my first tournaments there were futures in Spain, um, and what that meant was basically you're traveling by car anywhere you can, <laughs> uh, and then we're talking about staying in in hostels, uh, which cost eight euros a night. Uh, backpackers, basically. <laughs> I can imagine you're rolling into the backpackers and you've got your 15 t- rackets over your back and oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a professional tennis player. They're like, you're sure you are, pal. Yeah, yeah exactly. It'll be eight euros a night, mate. Uh, <laughs> no no <laughs> discount. Um, no, it's pretty funny. Um, my first final of a futures, um, yeah, I basically stayed at eight euro a night um, hostel. And wow. I got to my room, obviously, basically backpackers, communal showers, everything. I was in a room with eight bunk beds. And <laughs> to be honest, I was pretty, pretty scared about leaving my stuff at, in the actual room. So I, I would take it every day to the courts. And, wow. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically the life. I mean, you're not making much and, and you've got a lot of expenses. So you've got to find your way of surviving. That is a man who impressed me enormously. Alex Demonor, next up on the show.
let's get back to Ravi. February 1981, you called up to the New Zealand tour to replace Dilip Doshi. Mm. Now, the, the bizarre thing about this is when we're in Kolkata, I won't go, well, mm. Finchie and I met Mick Jagger. Mm. And he was having dinner yeah. with this fit-looking, wonderful chap yeah. that came over and introduced himself mm. as Dilip Doshi. Yeah. A, a beautiful man, yeah. very fit man. Yeah. So when I read his name here, I was like, right, so it's, I read you arrived in Wellington the night before your very first test match. Yeah. So had you been out of India before? I had been. I had captained the under-19 team to Sri Lanka Right. in uh, just four months prior to that. And then when I got this call-up, I was playing a Ranji Trophy game from Mumbai. Yep. And I had the worst game. I right. didn't get a run. I didn't get a wicket. And then this call came that he's been injured and I didn't even know. I went out to pick up the newspaper. You know, I was sharing a room with Rahul Mankad, the late right. Rahul Mankad who passed away, who, who used to live in Australia for a long time in Melbourne and teach in the university there. Yes. And he went to pick up the paper and he said, tell your room partner, congratulations. I said, what? So he has to go to New Zealand. I've just heard it on the radio. That's how you found out? That's how I found out when <laughs> Jigga was his nickname. He came and shook me up. He said, get up, man. You have to go there. <laughs> Off I went. So I flew all night. It was a long journey. Oh, it wouldn't you know, have been direct from Mumbai no, to New Zealand. No, it was through Singapore, you know, connections. And then I landed in, landed in Auckland, then Wellington, and reached Wellington about 9.30 in the night. And Bapu Natkarni, you know, the left yeah. arm spinner. Yeah, yeah. He came to pick me up at oh, the airport. He picks you up at the airport, does he? He came to pick me up at the airport. How old are you, Rav? I was 18. 18. Baby. I, I was 18, yeah. A lot of the players in the side I'd not even knew properly. <laughs> I'd hardly played against them. Some of them I'd not played. I was meeting for the first time. And there I go to the ground. There's Hadley and there's Wright and there's Edgar and there's Jeff Howard and there's, wow. you know. Uh, Smuthy. Oh, Smuthy. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Smuthy was, was there. Smuthy was there. Yeah, he, 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 he had just made his debut, I think, six months right. earlier. Right. And all these faces. And and I'd come from 35 degrees. To, and it was, Wasn't 35 there in I New Zealand? I was freezing my nuts off, <laughs> right? And, and luckily, Pauli Umbriger, you yeah. know, was a, a great man. He, he called me before I left. He got barely two minutes and he gave me his jumper. Right. He was a... Big guy that he said, this will fit you. I didn't have anything. So he gave me a jumper. So I was wearing three jumpers in there before I could realize, uh, say, Jack Robinson, you're already on the field. You're on. Yeah. And uh, Cat yeah. presentation or anything like that? Nothing like that? Nothing. Just right. on the field, you you're fielding and windy day, cold in Wellington. And I think I got the ball just before lunch. Yeah. And it came Nervous? out okay. Nervous as, oh, where will it go? The breeze, you know. <laughs> anyway, I settled in and then uh, I got, I think, six in that game, three and three. Yes. Yeah. First wicket, Jeremy Coney? Jeremy Coney, cotton bowl, I know that. There you go. Uh, there is a, but uh, it happened so quickly in a way it was very good, you know, because it didn't give you time. You were in the thick of the action and then, you know, you, you suddenly you felt at home because by the end of the series you had taken 15. Yeah, a leading wicket yeah, taker. You had taken almost the whole New Zealand side out. Yeah. You know, Did but you get Smithy? Yeah, yeah. You would have got have. Smithy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, after a few sweeps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on that, like you are, you're, you're the voice of the IPL now and, and it's eye-popping money. So we'll follow cricket in the World Cup and mm. what happened, but what would you have been getting paid-ish to play for India at that stage? Nothing, nothing. I think when we played for India, uh, when the year we won the World Cup, 
Yeah, we so used to, our, our fee was for a one-day game, 5,000 bucks. Rupees. 5,000 yeah. rupees. Yeah, yeah, it was like a $50 today. Wow. Yeah, $60 today. And uh, for a test match, it was 10,000. So it was 100 bucks, 120 bucks. For a whole test match. Yeah, 60 bucks for a one-day, 120 for the whole test. Huh. And uh, you know, I mean, forget your podiums. Don't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so, so the thing that fascinated me, Rob, I went through score sheets on um, Cricket Info and stuff. So in that first test, you batted 10. Mm. And and I have memories of you bowling, but mm. we'll, we'll get to Warney in the 200. I have memories of you mm. as a batsman. Mm. So you, you, you batted number 10 and then – so that was uh, – That's the February. last time I think I batted 10 because in the very next innings, I went there and I played pretty okay. Very next innings is promoted up the order. How far up? Uh, I think nine or eight. So I you must nine. have kept going because it gets to two years later, 30th of January, your first ever 100. Was opening. 128, stumped Wazimbari, bowled the great Abdul Qadir yeah. against Pakistan. You're playing against Imran. Yeah. But so that, that's two years later. That's well, 18 that, innings later and you're opening the batting. I was opening so the batting. You were, but you were, I, you were I, 10, eight innings later, you're opening. Yeah, I knew I could bat in right. school and all that, but not at that level. But then it very quickly. You know, I enjoyed it. I would always sit next to the captain. Sonny was the captain. Any chance of being a night watchman, I would love so to go. So you tried to sneak up there? Sneak up there and <laughs> didn't waste any. And then when he asked me, because we were getting, we got hammered in that series, 4-0. And he'd had enough. Is against Pakistan? Pakistan. And he came out and he said, and, and I'd, I'd split my webbing. So I was, I'd played the first two tests and then didn't play 4-3. You know, so I was sitting in, in uh, Faisalabad. I think it was Sandeep and me, we both were injured. And this friend of ours had come from England with uh, two or three bottles of Gordon's dry gin. So we, so <laughs> I like we, you remember uh, that. So, so we plonked that gin at lunchtime there. We were sitting, he on his bed, me on my bed, both injured with this thing. We were sipping away and then eating the biryani that was to follow. And, <laughs> and bang, in came Sunny and he said, uh, oh, you guys having a good time. So we both, you know, in a way, you know, kept, Sandeep couldn't play because of his hamstring. And he said, uh, when do these stitches come out? I said, you know, tomorrow, day after, once we go to Karachi. He said, yeah, so get it out and you're opening the batting with me. Wow. With Sonny Gavaskar. Yeah. No, no questions asked. We're opening. Are we because just... I had opened once, I think, before that at the Oval and I'd got 70, okay. 68 or 70. This really is a terrific counter-attack from Shastri. Three brave shots. They brought him two fours and a six. So that must have been, in his, and he said, no, you're opening the batting with me. And what was, like, we, we could go through the cricketers you played with mm. and against, but it, it leapt out that Imran was playing that when you oh, made yeah, the yeah, yeah. What, was, what, what was Imran like? Was he oh, as, I, I remember seeing him win the World Cup in Melbourne, but mm. was he was he as big and powerful and wonderful as he looked oh, on the yeah, outside? absolutely. And fab, fantastic cricketer. And yeah. a captain, a leader of men, you know, he, he was at his peak because I think in those two years, 82, 83, must have taken over 100 wickets, test wickets, huh. single-handedly himself. And, you know, they were the only team at that time in the world reversing the ball big time. So till today, when I when I think at the end of my career, you went on two tours of the West Indies, you went all over the place, I would say that's the best attack I played because you had, it was a four-pronged pace attack. You had Imran, you had Sarfraz, and you had the two umpires. <laughs> Yeah, this, is, this is India, Pakistan. Right. You get hit on the pads. Remember, that's at will. You know, right. get the hell out of here. You know, uh, out. You know, if, 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 if there's a partnership, then you got to play half court. 
right. bat in front. Right. You know, Don't get hit on a the little pace. bit like French cricket. Watch the ball <laughs> and, and, and play. So for me, that was, and I knew once I got that hundred, I said there's no looking back. You know, and then three months later, you got a hundred in the West Indies. So then, and, and who was that attack? That was holding Roberts, Marshall, and I think uh, Gahana was injured or dropped, wow. and Davis played. Wow. Winston. Oh, I've written it down here. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And their batsmen mm. were Greenwich, Haynes, Richards. Only. <laughs> Lloyd, and my favourite, Larry Gomes. Yeah. Talk to me about the um, 983 World Cup. Like, we, we look at now, and young, like, my, my son would look at cricket. He's 11, and he's like, well, <laughs> India are a powerhouse. But tell me about the 983 World Cup. You played in some games. You didn't play in the final. But tell me about the experience and what it did for cricket on the subcontinent. Oh, it changed the face of cricket in the subcontinent. Did it? Just the way cricketers were looked at, uh, you know, the bucks coming into the game, the the kind of people that came behind to support it, you know, the corporates, the topmost corporates came behind the sport, realized sport could be a way of life. And, uh, you know, things changed. The respect the cricketers got after that, you know, they always had it, but this was a different kind of respect because you've beaten the mighty West Indies who were never beaten in a World Cup. And the only team to beat them twice was India. Yes. You know, in the very first game and then in the in the final. And that's out. Yes, it's all over this time. 140 all out West Indies. And the margin of their victory, 43 runs. As India race into the pavilion with the Prudential Cup. Day. What are your memories of the... Well, obviously, I, you were disappointed I, not to be playing. playing but, no, but I played that first game. Yeah. And I, I remember taking the la, last wicket. Against the know, West Indies. Against the West Indies. I think got three in that game. We had beaten the West Indies once in the West Indies, in Burbies, you know, outside Guyana, yeah. in a one-day game. We had a full test series there. So we had played a lot against the West Indies and we were not hammered. We lost 2-0 in the test series. And won that game. So there was some sort of belief within the unit. But when they won that first game, then things changed. You know, then it was like, gee, man, this great side can be beaten. Yes. Although it needed something similar to what happened in uh, this year's World Cup. Yeah, uh, looking we were at the scores. in trouble against Zimbabwe and then Kapil played a Maxi-like innings. Yes. Yeah, or Maxi played a couple yeah, like Maxi innings. Yeah, Maxi played a couple like innings. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, and from there went on, you know, to play the final and win the final. So I was looking at the final. India made 183. Mm. As you say, Roberts, Garner, Marshall, mm. Holding. West Indies were 2 for 50 but all out for 140. Mm. So tell me about post-game there and then tell me about getting back to India. Was it was it live on TV in India? Oof, it was live. There were thousands of people onto the ground after the game got over. Dressing room, I don't know, guys, kids disappeared. There were people <laughs> who just came in from the Lord's balcony, just marched into the dressing room. It was utter chaos. Was it? Yeah. And then back in the hotel, the drums beating, you know. <laughs> we, we, the other day in commentary said, you know, I, first time I saw that instrument, the tabla. Oh, when people were saying it, I heard yeah, it in I commentary. the tabla because it kept, you know, they kept bloody... <laughs> You know, playing it till about four o'clock in the morning. And I landed up somewhere in Leicester Square, you know, for a Wimpy's. You know, I got a burger. <laughs> for a Wimpy's uh, burger. Uh, burger. There was nothing. Everything was sharp. I got something, me and Sandeep, you know, we went, somehow managed to reach the, you know, in, in an absolutely piss state of mind. But we got that burger. You got Wimpy's. Oh, we were pissed as rats we were. <laughs> and then getting back to India? Oh, was, it, was it like, what, what oh, describe it, 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 it,
the, the open bus that took us through the city into the stadium there were people on the streets it was mind boggling what what is a great shame um it, it, your name is associated with various things we'll get to the scg but it's associated with the six sixes mm. in an over against tilak raj yeah but there's only photos, so obviously it wasn't being broadcast. But tell me the story. At that stage, so it was a first-class match, prior to that, was it only Garfield, Sir Garfield Sobers yeah, that had done it? in first-class cricket. Right. Yeah. So tell me about what happened. It's strange. It was a game and, you know, there were very good players on both sides. You know, there was Anshuman, Gaikwad, Kiran Mori, oh, Mohinder Ramanath yep. playing on the other side. Okay. And... Tilak had bowled very well, you know, his figures before that six, you know, he had got Sunny and he had got Sandeep out, you know, 20, 20 overs for not much. And we were chugging along till a message came. I think I was 100 plus and a message came, we're declaring in half an hour. And then all hell broke loose, you know, he started smashing it and then came this over. So I hit the first, you know, straight, then mid-on, then another one mid-on. Then the fourth one, he bowled really wide, you know, and I, I swung at it and went into the Gavaskar stand now. Yeah, so that's that four in a spoiler. Row. That's four. Then the slight pause, a couple of words said to him. The fifth one, I nailed it. You know, it was the biggest of the six. You know, it went into the <laughs> hockey ground out, outside over long on, you know, yeah. wide-ish. Then the drama started. You had five guys around Tilak. Raj telling him, obviously telling him, do this, do that, you know. Five his teammates. Yeah, four, four five teammates. Yeah. And I knew. And I knew at that stage, I have a damn good chance here. I said, his mind's... So he's rattled. Cluttered, rattled, <laughs> confused. It's about me guessing right. Or getting into a position where I have most bases covered. I said, what can he do? So I said, I decided to go a stump outside leg stump. Yeah. Okay, and more towards the ball. And so your stance got a little wider. To just to leave that option open in case he bowls wide, I should be able to reach it. That's exactly what happened. I reached it, flat batted it. And there were two guys who came from uh, from long on. The guy came in, yep. went about four feet above his head into the screen. Wow. And you had the whole Mumbai team on either side of the screen. So you had, and we are a very strong team. So you had Sunny, Dilip. Sandeep one side. So they're watching know. it silent. Sandu, yeah, they're watching in front of the side screen, either side. Yeah. And the dressing room. The dressing room was downstairs that time. And it went for six. And I didn't realize, you know, the penny dropped much later that, you know, it's... So you didn't understand a, the significance of the I didn't moment. understand the significance till much later, next morning or the day after that. It's, this is something huge, <laughs> you know. Then it, it, it's funny. And it when I went back to the West Indies, you know, I was getting out of the airport and one guy with typical West Indian fan was, six, six, says man, body man, you know. And then I realized I had something, you know, only so we do it. <laughs> that is the end of Ravi Shastri part A. Plenty more to come with the big Rav on part B.